0: One thing I want to say before uh, we dive into God's Word is um, one uh, very unexpected blessing in my life uh, from the ministry of Bethel, uh, in my life and, and my wife's, is, uh, has been the, uh, the mentoring and shepherding of, uh, shepherding of Pastor Brad. In in, in my ministry, personally, those of you, you know, Pastor Brad sometimes may come across to you as kind of like this intellectual, you know, kind of very guy with amazing organizational skills, but he's a pastor at heart, and I've learned to appreciate that very much from him. And uh, as it was mentioned, uh, establishing a gospel-centered Spanish-speaking ministry here in Bethel is our goal. And uh, if you're interested in participating somehow uh, in any way or form in this ministry, uh, first of all, I have to say you don't need to speak Spanish. Uh, uh, yeah. So our next event is uh, February 2nd. I'm learning uh, there is a special uh, date that commemorates something, something Dia Dia de la Candelaria and uh, some uh, special date in Mexico. So if you would like to be part of that, please uh, come and uh, definitely invite your uh, Hispanic or Latino friends to that. Uh, I'm from Ecuador and my wife is American and you would expect some that some cultural differences between us and would create huge challenges in our marriage. And well, let me be vulnerable, open up my heart to you, to my church this morning. And let me tell you, perhaps uh, the biggest one, okay? You read church? All right. I don't think a sandwich is a meal. (laughs) I see some of you are taking her side on this issue. She thinks sandwich can be dinner. And I like to cook, and I'll be getting into the kitchen, and uh, she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, "Uh, I'm making dinner. But we just had dinner. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. We had a sandwich. (laughs) Well, yeah, but that was a snack. That's not dinner. Yes, that's a full meal. No, it's not. That was just a sandwich. Well, if you think about it, if that's our uh, biggest challenge in marriage, you can See how much blessed we are uh, with a happy marriage from, from God. Um, but what does our text have to do this morning have to do with the sandwich? Uh, well, very much. In fact, I believe it is the key to understanding uh, our, to understanding our Bible text for this morning. You see, the gospel of Mark uh, is written in a very special way. God inspired his infallible, inerrant word uh, through Mark to write stories, between stories, so that we would really see the full picture of Jesus' ministry rather than getting lost in the details. And Bible commentaries have called this uh, way of Mark's writing the sandwich technique, a story within a bigger story. And that's the story in the middle. And the story in the middle contains the meat of the teaching that, that we're trying to learn, which helps us make sense of the whole story. And so before we get open our open our bibles and read our, read God's word uh, please pray with me. Lord King Jesus sovereign over all things. Father please give us a taste for spiritual beauty. Grant us the miracle of savoring seeing that beauty the worth and the glory of God through your word through jesus christ our lord we pray amen amen so we turn to our bible text this morning mark chapter 5 and we pick up the story in verse 25 Came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, and he said to her daughter, "Your faith has made you well. Go in peace, be healed of your disease." This is God's word. So the story in this miracle, of this miracle, is within a bigger story, the story of Jairus' daughter, and um, dying. And starting on verse 22, Jairus comes to Jesus and says, my little girl is dying. Would you come and heal her? And Jesus says, okay, I'll come. And on the way to Jairus house, Jesus gets interrupted by this woman with the blood flow and he heals her. Meanwhile, Jairus daughter dies, but Jesus continues on his way to Jairus house and brings the little girl back to life. So can you see it it's this miracle within in the middle of this bigger miracle in the gospel of mark this story is within a few stories one of which pastor uh, andrew will later relate to us that are all about the power and authority of jesus over all things and they demand an answer from us to the question who then is this jesus and we will learn today that his power is never detached from his love. His power is always coupled with his love, his wisdom, his compassion, to redeem and restore his people to the glory of his Father. So you have to imagine this. It's sort of like Jesus and his disciples and Jairus and everyone is going on the EMS truck. They're riding, speeding through the city, trying to get to Jairus' house. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, hey, stop the truck. They all get off, and Jesus starts having this conversation and pretty much discipling and leading to faith this woman. And meanwhile, Jairus is thinking, I I don't believe this. My little girl is dying. Why is he taking so much time with this woman? She's been sick for 12 years. She can wait another couple of hours. I could just... Why? And so Jesus overhears this and he turns to Jairus and says, don't be afraid, just believe. So what do we learn here? We learn three things about Jesus. We learn about his power. We learn about the timing of it and how can we trust it. Jesus' power and authority so Jesus has this calm attitude about disease and death. You know, in fact, in, you can see in, the previous sto- in a previous story that he had so much peace that he fell asleep on a cushion in a boat in the middle of a storm. Circumstances don't even stand a chance before Jesus. Now, in our text, if you turn to verse Forty-one. He says when he comes to the little girl and resurrects her, he grabs her by the hand and he says, "Talitha kumi." This, you know, is not some hocus pocus type of words that Jesus uses to bring about resurrection, but it is simply an Aramaic word that means little lamb. It's it's a pet name. is 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 an endearing term that Jesus uses to say to this little girl, hey honey, hey sweetheart, come on, it's time to get up, rise up. And like nothing, oopsie daisy, let's get up. And he brings her back to life like nothing. You know, and and there is, and you see his tenderness, taking her by the hand. And to top it off, the human touch of Jesus, come on, give this girl a happy meal, you know, some goldfish or something, she needs, she needs to eat you know, and it's always that tenderness, that human, human touch of Jesus coupled with his love. Now let's look at the woman with the blood flow, his power displayed on verse 29 and 20 and, and, and 34. Mark, when, when he talks about the, the woman's disease, he uses a word in Greek that means it's a graphic word that means physical suffering and shame it was a whip a lash and a scourge a torment a punishment from god because she is ceremonially unclean because of her blood flow she cannot approach she is ceremonially unclean and she cannot go to worship in the temple therefore she is alienated from god she, she and in a simple touch of jesus she is healed 12 years of suffering and shame gone. But Jesus is not content with just giving her this miracle. Jesus takes the time to talk to her, to get to know her. He is genuinely interested in her as a person and takes the time to meet her personally and affirm her heart. Because becoming a disciple of Jesus is not just having our needs met, but also being in the presence of jesus being known by him and following him so can you see his power how it never comes alone but is always coupled with his love and compassion now the timing of his power now i know that what you might be thinking if it is so easy for jesus to overcome the powers of evil in my life why doesn't he why Well, I'm glad you asked, because that is probably the same thing that Jairus was wondering when he's waiting while Jesus has this conversation, and news from his household come and say, don't bother the teacher, your daughter is dead. Jairus has all kinds of questions in his mind. Why wait? He certainly could have stopped it. He could have easily gotten there on time. So you have to understand that Jesus' timeliness is different than ours. They're saying it's too late. Jesus says, no, it's not. Do not fear, only believe. By saying, do not fear, only believe, Jesus is actually saying, you cannot impose your schedules on Me. See, if you don't understand this aspect of Jesus, you're always going to feel that His schedule is not your schedule. You're going to feel like He's putting you off, like his, 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 your prayers are not being answered. But Jesus tells us in this miracle, through His words and action, I will keep my promises, but I will not keep them hardly ever in a way that seems timely to you. So, how are you going to deal with this questionable apparent delays of Jesus in your life. A chronically ill woman and a deathly ill girl, what do you do? Who do you deal with first? See, what Jairus doesn't know is that Jesus can deal with a chronically sick woman just as easily as He can deal with a deathly ill girl. The opportunity to turn a superstitious woman who, just, who had just had a physical healing into a woman who becomes a disciple that has a saving relationship with Jesus that lasts for all eternity. That was actually the acute need. Not the little girl. Jesus does exactly what needs to be done. And see, it's because he's got information. We have the information. We are reading the story from beginning to end. But the people inside the story, they don't know. Jairus didn't know. So, he is afraid. And probably you are, because that's probably you. You are being asked to wait. Your prayers, perhaps, you feel like they're being delayed. But simply, you lack information. You are inside the story. See, Jesus will respond to all your prayers in the same way that you would if you knew what he does. So, what do we make of Jesus' words? To Jairus, don't be afraid. Only believe. Is he saying, Jairus, just shut up and trust me? In verse thirty-six, we read the word. We, we we hear when the news of that Jairus' daughter has died. Jesus overhears this. The word overhearing here. It's a it's a mark's choice word here is masterful because this word not only means to overhear but also means to ignore to refuse to listen to discount the truth of something why would he care he is the lord of life he can deal with a sick girl just as easily with a dead girl he is the lord of life but jairus is slowly beginning to realize that so jesus speak to speaks to him and says don't be afraid Only believe. Jairus, you need to focus on me, not on your dire circumstances. That is radically different from positive thinking. This is faith in Jesus Christ. This faith in the Son of God, the giver of life, in who He is. See, positive thinking is just a mental discipline, something you tell yourself. Come on, your day is going to be a great day. Go out there. Go and kill it. That's just a mental discipline. But faith in Jesus Christ is radically different. It's focused on Him, focused on God. And let me tell you, for years, I taught that. I thought that my job as a pastor was to motivate people to do better, to try harder and to trust in Jesus. And it was sort of a spiritualized, positive thinking. Sadly, that's the message of many churches today, especially in the Hispanic world. Jairus didn't just get the command to not fear and believe, but he also got to see Jesus' compassion displayed in the healing and discipling of the woman. And that was Jairus and the disciples. But you and I see the bigger picture. We have seen Jesus died at the cross. We have the gospel. We have seen what Jesus' love is, the depths of Jesus' love, what it, he's what capable of going through. That's the reason he can go to the marginalized the outcast and get someone out of death because he paid it with his life. See this woman was ceremonially unclean and she was oh, by Old Testament law she had to be outside the camp. Jesus in order to bring her in according to Hebrews 13:12 tells us that Jesus suffered outside the camp when he was crucified in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. With his own words and action, Jesus is saying, is saying to us, if I hold you by the hand, death is nothing but a good night's sleep. The words and action of Jesus are not only powerful, but they also show us his love. There nothing that w- There's nothing that would scare a child more than to have... The father of a mother or a mother let go of his or her hand in the middle of a crowd in the dark. But Jesus went to the grave and he let go of his father's hand. He went to the grave so we could come out of it. Jesus is the true parent that holds your hand in the middle of the darkest night. The Lord of the universe, the one who put the stars in their place tells you, honey, it's time to get up. Why would you want to hurry someone who loves you so powerfully and so deeply? See, the mere presence of Jesus constitutes an affirmation of life and the defeat of death. But remember, his power is always coupled with his love and his compassion and confronted with his authoritative word and power, the forces that are hostile to God are vanquished. And the man of faith finds himself trembling in the majestic, glorious presence of the Lord of life, asking, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? like the disciples in the storm or like the woman in the sandwich story after she realized had been she had been miraculously healed coming in fear and trembling falling on down before him telling him the whole truth or like those in the household of Jairus after his little daughter is resurrected being immediately overcome with amazement so what is it that to you who then is this Jesus That's a rhetorical question that invites a response of faith. Those of us who already believe must not forget His promises and must bring to our minds and our hearts what He did for us in Calvary, His promises of His abiding presence and eternal security. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. But if you're hearing His word this morning and Jesus is not yet your Lord and Savior? That's a question for you as well. Jesus, through His Word and authority, has spoken to you this morning. Will you respond, not taking offense at Jesus or with disbelief like some would in His day, but with fear, with trembling? Will you fall at His feet with amazement and in faith say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the King of my heart. You are the Lord of my life. Be my King. Be my Savior. Amen.